Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry because I can, because I do. This is recorded mid-June, if you care to actually know. But anyway, let's plug today's show sponsor. Today's spo- show is sponsored by Go Fast, Don't Suck. So go get your dry fire targets, your t-shirts, your merch, whatever you might want from them. Go get it at gofastdon'tsuck.net. But without further ado, let's get to today's guest. Today's guest is Mr. Ken Yang of Saker Speedworks. How are you doing today, Ken? What's up? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, it's kind of been one in the making. I've been wanting to get you on for a little while. It's just kind of fitting the schedules, like mostly mine, because I'm just too lazy sometimes to send out requests. But I made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. You're very welcome. It's been fun. And we're, we've got a lot to talk about today. But for people who don't know who you are who is ken and how did you get into shooting so i'm a physical therapist and a strength and conditioning specialist my background is actually in uh, weightlifting and powerlifting but uh, i've been shooting uspsa for about three years now uh, mainly open that's kind of interesting i didn't know what you did as a day job so that's really cool um so so that probably really helps you in the shooting aspect as well with being very physically fit and super swole and you don't you won't worry about getting obtaining a dad bod oh man i feel like i'm starting to get a little fat but uh no yeah i feel like it helps a lot with uh you know everything everything in shooting you know like uh when you can break down biomechanics of say grip or position exit or position entry or shooting on the move uh you know every, everything requires some form of biomechanics and just being able to break that down through a, like a physical therapist perspective you can really analyze things and and figure out how to solve whatever problems you're having so mm-hmm. yeah it's been really helpful i think that, that is awesome um that is really cool so I know from time to time on the Instagrams, we'll see uh, you and Matt out, out of the gym, um, which is kind of cool. You saw, I'm assuming you're giving him advice that things he might not be thinking about uh, when it comes to like exercising and what kind of not. Yeah. Yeah. He's been getting into it lately, which is really good for him. He's uh, really uh, made a push to commit to fitness, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we were working on like, you know, squat technique and little things here and there deadlift, uh, but yeah, he's a quick learner. I think, He'll, uh, he'll solve a lot of things real quickly the way he does with USPSA. Mm-hmm. So how did you find USPSA? So I actually shot, uh, I actually started back in college. Uh, this was back in 2013. I probably shot three matches casually. Uh, this was like back in the production era. Uh, then this is before I really, you know, knew how to dry fire practice or live fire. Just shot three matches casually with some friends and, uh, then didn't really touch a gun for seven years, you know, really uh, went on to do weightlifting a little more seriously. And then back in 2019, I was up in the Northwest and my buddy Kirby, who is uh, one of my weightlifting teammates, he, you know, he was asking about USPSA and took him out to a match. And I was like, man, I just really want to get back into it. And uh, it's actually just happened to be the match where I met Ryan Gold. He was, uh, I think, top 10 in the nation at, with Open at the time. He let me shoot his open gun after the match and I was hooked. I'm like, man, I just got to go straight into open. So here we are three years later. 
That is pretty cool. Now, um, when you were um, back in college, what were you shooting? You were shooting production, but was it like a Glock or like a CZ or something like that? <laughs> yeah, Glock 34. This is just awesome. when uh, I remember shadows were just starting to gain traction. I believe I, I wasn't super in the in the know, but I remember people talking about shadows, and and I was considering getting one. But uh, you know, being on a college budget, I couldn't even afford ammo to shoot the Glocks, so never never really went that route. Gotcha. And were you all <laughs> have you always lived in the DFW area? I grew up here. Um, I went to school in Austin for uh, UT and PT school. And then actually went and did travel PT up in the Northwest for two and a half years. And that was when I kind of got back into USPSA, but now I'm back in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of cool. Sticking in, uh, sticking around that area. So does anything besides like just living in, does work keep you here or could you decide to move and go find another location? Oh uh, yeah, I guess theoretically I could. I kind of moved back when uh, COVID hit and all the uh, travel PT jobs dried up. You know, every, uh, that was when patients weren't really going out to outpatient clinics. So a lot of outpatient clinics were furloughing employees. And uh, so I kind of moved back here to be closer to friends and family, ended up getting a permanent job here. So happy where I am right now, but uh, yeah, I'm always uh, down to travel and see more of the country. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I, I've, I mean, I stalk you a little, not stalk, I guess, follow you on the Instagrams, but um. Um, I know you've taken classes with the Lord and Savior JJ. Uh, have you taken anyone else's classes? I haven't. No, no. Uh, only two JJ classes. That's about it. I definitely want to, you know, learn a bit from Max Michelle and Christian Seiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mason Lane would be a good one. Max Logandis. Yeah, definitely open to doing more. But uh, we tried to get uh, Mason over here last year, but I think uh, for some reason the logistics just didn't work out. But maybe this year. Yeah, that's a bummer. And it's always weird, you know, with schedule conflicts and what's already on the books. And it's kind of hard. Like myself, I'm looking at maybe getting JJ up here for 2023. We'll see. It all kind of depends on what the club's availability is for, uh, you know, posting wise and what we can figure out in JJ's very busy schedule. So, yeah, it's, it's his class is definitely a game changer. I would uh, highly recommend it. It changed a lot on how we thought about movements uh, for one. And then uh, little things like transitions and uh, prepping the shot. He talks about this a lot on his Instagram too, but to get the whole in-depth explanation, I think is well worth the money for the quest. And I need to give him power rings with chocolate on them and peanuts, right? Is, is that the golden uh, ticket? Yes, do that. Do that. <laughs> He'll be mad at you. That yeah. and boba and sushi and any other good food. He'll, will make him happy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's always good. Now, um, you've taken both what the jj basics class and then like the advanced movement class um which one did you glean more out of uh i really think it depends on where you are as a shooter right like so i was um i was just about to make master before taking this first class i I literally made master a week after taking this first class um and I felt like that was a great starting point, right? Like a lot of his material, like prepping the trigger, pump transitions, um, attacking control, 90, 10, uh, three-step entries. A lot of that stuff is kind of like a foundation that you need to know before you take his more advanced classes. Uh, we, had, we had a bunch of people in the advanced classes that 
didn't take the first class. And I just feel like they probably didn't get as much out of it as if they had took the first class first. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it's kind of like a, in my mind, like a prerequisite or like uh, it sets up a lot of foundational information you need to know to understand him for the more advanced classes. Right, but- it, uh, And actually, but I guess we took three classes from him, but oh, sorry. Oh, okay. sorry, go. No, but it's, so it's, but it's not like he taught it where you were completely lost in the weeds if you didn't take that other class but you would have, they would have gotten more knowledge if they had taken that other class and then the movement class or the advanced class, whatever he calls it now. I think you might be a little confused in some points if you don't take the first class because he uses a lot of his own terminology and a lot of his uh, concepts that if you didn't take the first class, you might be wondering like, okay, what does he mean? You probably get a good idea of what he's trying to say, but I feel like everyone should start with the first class. I think it's there's a lot more like technique and conceptual information in that one. And then the later classes are more fine tuning things and, you know, mm -hmm. more advanced concepts. And, and when you took those classes, was it like a max at like 12 students in each class or something like that? Yeah, I believe each one was about 10 to 12. Now, and you felt you got enough individual like time with JJ at that point to be able to work on whatever oh, you yeah. needed. Yeah, yeah. He'll uh, he'll look over everybody's and, you know, everyone's always free to ask questions as we go through the class. So, yeah, it works out really well. And JJ is one of the best, uh, uh, not just the best, one of the best shooters, but one of the best teachers, I think. And I think that's an important point. You know, just because you're a good shooter or a high level athlete doesn't necessarily mean you can relay that information or explain that information in a way that that makes sense to a lot of people. Yeah, be exactly. Able to, yeah. But JJ does it phenomenal job of that and you know he's so energetic and a good speaker um that it makes it really easy to learn from him in his class oh yeah absolutely jj is definitely one of the top instructors even you know people are taking him for law enforcement training and whatnot so it's really cool to see him be able to do both sides of the coin you know the competition shooting and the defensive style stuff for uh, what he's been doing well i mean he was doing he was worked for it for dhs for years before he retired from that so that's kind of cool yeah i believe he's doing classes for free now for uh, law enforcement with that whole blue line program um i think howitzer uh basically sponsored him and uh are paying for all those classes for law enforcement so it's pretty cool on them oh uh, that is definitely cool so yeah. ken you said you shoot open because it's the one true division and everyone needs to go to open um yes, sir so currently what are you using <laughs> for open <laughs> so um uh, we actually literally got these in uh this week they're finally this here is, uh, yes sir it's finally here <laughs> this is uh, a new infinity open gun um three port comp and 38 super comp uh four popper holes and uh yeah uh, running a romeo 3 xl i haven't even shot it yet it's uh i guess this is the first uh debut of this gun online but yeah i'm excited man yeah it's, uh, now have you dry fired it at all yet <clears throat> i have i have uh it's uh it's really uh it's really crazy some of the things that they've done that to really fine-tune it um compared to the other open guns i shot the optics sits further back to the rear mm -hmm. so you get a little less dot movement i imagine theoretically um i imagine you it'll be easier to find your dot if you have a problem losing your dot, because you know it won't be uh, as far down on the lever arm 
right? If it sits further back, then theoretically, I guess the dot should be a little more centered more, more of the time. Um, the hammer is crazy light. So as soon as you pull the trigger, uh, it drops very fast. So I imagine you won't be jerking your shot as much. Uh, trigger feels really good. <clears throat> very defined wall, which I like, because uh, I, I prep my trigger, like I said, with JJ's uh, teaching on that. Uh, but it breaks very crisp, very immediate, and about 1.6 pounds. I use a cheap uh, trigger gauge, so I don't know if it's accurate, but I was getting consistent 1.6 pound readings. And yeah, it's just, man, everything about it is uh, phenomenal. Fit and finish is great. Um, the blending, the grip texture feels great. So I'm excited, man. Oh, I can imagine. I could imagine that for sure. Now, are you going to stick with like, what gas pedal are you putting on there right now? Uh, this is just the factory infinity one. I think it's their 60 degree. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interchangeable. So you can like take this part off. And then I got the 45 degree one as well, I believe. But I think this one's a little closer to the TiVo that I was running on Koi's gun. And I really like that. So I think this one feels pretty good for now. Um, I'll play with it, but we'll see. The TiVo's, mm -hmm. I really like the TiVo. It really works well for me, but yeah. Right, yeah. And if you've, especially you have so many reps <laughs> with the TiVo, it might, you know, somewhat hard to change sometimes too yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. so that's really cool i didn't know those came in so that's kind of exciting yeah so what made you want to leave nine major and go to 38 mostly uh i just didn't want to deal with three and 38 spilling all over my press <laughs> but uh yeah you know uh tamer recoil a little bit uh you don't have to roll size brass um yeah, uh, I guess that's pretty much the most, most of the advantages. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't think it matters a whole lot, but yeah. yeah it's either, yeah, it's either you're leaving brass on the ground regardless. Right. So it's not like you're gonna go pick it up. So for the most yeah. part. Yeah. We just had so many, uh, like ammo malfunctions from not roll sizing brass and we were picking up, you know, nine off the range and had no idea if it was ours or someone else's. So I like the idea of just, you know, if you see 38, it's yours you know, probably 99% chance. And even if it's not, it's probably going to work just fine because there's only like two or three manufacturers of 38 super compress. So it's going to be like super consistent. Mm -hmm. but yeah, that is for we'll sure. <clears throat> yep. So that's kind of cool. Those are exciting. Um, so you get to, you'll, you'll still be able to use all the same mags, won't you? You'll just have, nothing will change there. Uh, I guess you could, but we're switching to a full set of infinity mags. Um, I don't know if the MBX mags work. <laughs> I got I got one one mag. Brandon Brandon gave me one mag set, so I mean it's not like I'm shelling out that much, but right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I believe I believe the MBX can have issues in the Infinities, so or fitment. So mm. just decided to go off any just for the sake of it working properly. No, and I well, and Infinity's been one of the gold standards for mag uh, mag dimensions for a long time too for. Uh nine and 38 so i don't blame you there but uh i think i was talking to steiner about mags because i was just curious like i was like how many mags do i really need he gave me a list i'm like okay makes kind of sense but he didn't really explain why much that he couldn't use mbx mags so that kind of makes sense because i knew it probably had to be something proprietary or just some dimension stack uh, tolerant stacking i don't think it's proprietary he has said that he's been using the atlas mags just fine Mm -hmm. um and we got a couple of those from atlas at dragon cup dragon's cup uh mark was gracious enough to give t and i some uh some atlas mags and they look beautiful the black 
black mags look great, uh, the black DLC. So I'll be using those as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to test everything and see how they run. Mm-hmm. And are you still going to run 3 and 38 for uh, 38 Super Comp? Or are you going to switch powders? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the plan. 3 and 38, uh, Precision Delta, 124 grain hollow points. Um, you know, whatever primer we can get our hands on, I guess. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, at least with a hammer-fired gun, you know you can pop magnum primers. So magnum and rifle primers for the most part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Federal that's magnums, that's, that's our preferred. <clears throat> yeah, if you can find them, right? <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, got a little bit on hand, but let's see. Let's that's see. always good. So you made, how long has it been since you've made GM? Uh, I made it in February, I think. So took about two and a half years. I was out for six months out of those, uh, out of that two and a half years with a hip surgery. So it just took about two months, or sorry, two years of, of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember you said that like the next weekend after you took your first JJ class, you hit master. Was it just inevitable or is it something that changed in the class that enabled you to make master? Uh, no, no, I don't think I could apply his concepts that quickly. Uh, it definitely took me quite a while to like re relearn the biomechanics of like position entry, position exit. I'm still trying to dial down trigger prepping, uh, timing of trigger prepping and everything. But um, no, in the long run, I think his stuff helped me make GM. But uh, I think Master just happened to be coincidentally a week after his first class. Gotcha. Makes sense. So what uh, what keeps driving your shooting or what are some shooting goals you still have, even though you made a GM? Uh, I really want to win some major matches this year. Uh, I kind of screwed up a couple already, mm-hmm. possibly. <laughs> but uh, I definitely have some, uh, some problems with... Uh, uh, mental management at major matches, uh, you know, not an issue at local matches, but whenever I go to majors, I, I just can't seem to have the patience to see my dot on everything. Right. Like I try to push coming from weightlifting. Like it was always like push, push, push. How, how the harder you push, the harder you work, the better result you'll get. Um, and in shooting, that's just not the case, you know? So it's, it's hard to let go of that mentality and try to shoot more subconsciously. Um, but I think with more major match experience, I should be able to learn that just fine. Um, I probably have only shot, I don't know, around 12 majors at this point. So I, I think it's just a matter of gaining more experience, getting more comfortable with it and just learning to relax. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think mentally is like different between those locals and those major matches for you? Is it just because you know you're at a bigger match that it something kicks in the brain or? It's just a matter of like uh, wanting to win it so badly, mm-hmm. you know, at least for the uh, smaller majors, um, like Oklahoma sectional or um, Texas state open or double tap. Um, whenever I have like the potential to win it, I kind of try to push, which is really unnecessary. Right. It's like kind of dumb, but um, you just, once something is within reach, you just want to, try a little harder to gain it and Mm -hmm. that's just not the right mentality in this sport to do that but uh, so hopefully i can kind of let go of that and shoot them like locals shoot that like the comfort level of shooting local right well and it's probably yeah like say you know Mm -hmm. for example you know texas uh north texas open is probably at one of your home clubs or 
So it's kind of it's kind of got that familiarity. You can kind of treat it like a local almost. At least Yeah, yeah. It's uh which is it's interesting that you say that because that has been my best major match performance every year, right? Like when I was the first year I shot it, I was in A class and I won A class. The second year I shot it, I would have taken the overall high overall win, but I had a six second ammo malfunction that cost me two percent, ended up like ninety-nine point five percent. Um, but yeah, uh, historically, I guess I've always done better at that match compared to other major matches. Well, and it also is later in the year. It's like in October, right? So it's right around nationals time and it's not super hot <laughs> and it's not yeah, super cold yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely hot out here right now. It's like in the hundreds. So we're kind of taking a little break from locals. Yeah, exactly. It's might as well, right. You know, not it's burn yourself pretty- out. Is it pretty nice up there right now? I mean, it's 90-something right now, so that's not terrible here. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, it's, you know, those. It, it's really what kills is the humidity. If it's a really muggy day, it's horrible. But if it's a drier day, it's fine. You know? Just, bro, okay. bro, Oklahoma sectional was mm-hmm. – it was only 87 degrees because mm-hmm. it just rained a few days before. But the humidity, oh, my God. It made the uh, heat index was like 97 because of the humidity and we were all just dying out there like drenched in sweat it was as bad as dragon's cup uh just because of the humidity so yeah that that shit will kill you i mean david blanton does make a good point though if you don't wear all black it doesn't hurt as bad (laughs) black is the best though Uh, best color (laughs) yeah for the most part unless it's too damn hot now um that's true that's true so you know you take you said you're taking a little bit of break from locals but other than that what is your training schedule like uh, I try to peak twice a year, one for the major matches early on and one for the major matches later in the season, right? Like the big ones, like area matches and uh, nationals. Uh, that plan has not gone well at all, but <laughs> but I try to base my uh, my training around uh, JJ's. Um, it's kind of, JJ's whole formula was pretty similar to how we did it in weightlifting, right? Where you peak a certain time of the year for a certain competition which say like uh, nationals is the big one, right? You want to, you want to peak in October. So based on his plan, he would have like a phase one, a phase two and a phase three phase one being, you know, working on fundamentals early on in the year, your, you know, your trigger pull, your transitions, you know, simple things like that. And then phase two being more an experimental, experimental phase, um, you know, testing the limits of uh, certain drills, uh, pushing the boundaries, learning what you can speed up on, what you can kind of gain some time on. And then phase three being closer to the major match where you're running a little bit more like short courses or, you know, sections of short courses and just trying to dial in your match boat per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I try to um, structure my training. Uh, it hasn't really gone to plan because uh, of a bunch of other logistics, but hopefully, uh, you know, we just got the infinities. So We'll be doing a little bit of, you know, phase one, phase two for the next two months and then trying to get into a phase three and dial things in before the major matches. That's good. Now, is there, with those infinities, are you going to have to change any other gear other than just the guns? Uh, We're changing our holsters uh, just because uh, I want to go back to the double alpha holster. Um, The Everglades was, it worked okay. Um, The bearings would get a little uh, gritty. And then it wouldn't roll as well. It would mm-hmm. also scratch a shit out of your frame. So 
you know, getting a new affinity, I'm like, I, I don't want to scratch this gun up. So, <laughs> so uh, I want to go back to the double alpha. And I kind of like the way the double alpha uh, uh, adjusts with the ball bearing. You can kind of do all your like cant and uh, forward and left and right rotations all together at once, rather than with the Everglades, you have to do like one adjustment at a time. And it's just a little harder to get it exactly where you want it. I de- I, the Everglades is definitely the erector set of holsters. The what? The erect- have you ever seen an erector set? No, what's that? Oh, God. I'm going to have to send you a picture. But it's like, like all the little things you build and you make. They're like metal. It's just how, <laughs> it's just how the holster looks. I'll have to send you a picture of one then. It's like Legos or something? I play with I, Legos, man. Kind of <laughs> like Legos. I mean, a little more engineering, I guess. So, so the people who became engineers, they played with erector sets, at, I'm assuming, at some point in their life. But yeah, so yeah, I, that's interesting. You said that about the Everglades because everyone's like, "Don't even look at the double alpha. Just go buy yourself an Everglades." And I'm like, I used the double alpha for the first year. I loved it. The only reason I switched off of it was because the Atlas uh, didn't fit, or the um, so the uh, the double alpha uses like those inserts, right, mm-hmm. uh, for different different grips. And the one that was made for the PT grip, which is what I had, just would snag and it just wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't draw freely. Uh, and then on top of that, the, the um, thumb rest wouldn't, would sometimes be a little too close to the uh, holster body. So I switched off of it. But overall, I, I like the double alpha. I don't know what people mm-hmm. have to complain about. It. I don't know. It's just everyone's got their own personal opinions, I guess. But that, I mean, everyone does, yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, for it's sure. like people yeah. shoot CZs over Glocks or 2011s over Tanfos. It's it's all kind of personal preference. That's true. Which, which are all wrong. Only shoot open. Only shoot open. Yes. <laughs> but um, open okay. master race. Yeah. It just it's okay. You have to spend the most money and go the fastest, and then not hemorrhage points. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so that's pretty exciting. I'm excited for you. Um. Did yours have a name? Did they name it? You got a serial number. Uh, that's my serial number. Mine is uh, Speedwell. Speedwell oh, that's one. that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, we just uh, actually found, like, I was just looking at names of, like, I don't know, random old, uh, like, battleships. And it was, like, some old uh, battleship from the from UK or, or, or maybe it was the US. I don't remember. But I was like, that sounds cool. So. Mm-hmm. Tease that's is a uh, toasty. Toasty. <laughs> that's pretty dope. I think her next one's gonna be uh crispy, <laughs> toasty, toasty splits, crispy hits. <laughs> oh my that's that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now I'm jelly, see tube jelly. So um Boys is gonna be uh Ken's backup gun. <laughs> oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's okay. It's Koi's Koi's guns have been getting around though, haven't they? Uh, I mean, I've had his gun for like shit three months now, probably <laughs> four months. <laughs> uh, Is it kind of just? Did though. you sell off your gun and then borrowed his then? I still have mine. I'm right oh, right okay. Here. Oh, okay. There you go. Just <laughs> never read that. <laughs> I took I took both the red dots off to put it on the infinity. Uh, <laughs> it's actually Koi's Koi's red dot that's on the infinity. Don't tell him. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, Koi. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Dragon's Cup because it was hot as shit and everyone talks about this match. Oh, God, um, that match was that, that was a mess for me. Yeah, besides your performance, what, what did you enjoy about the match? Dude, that match is uh, just 
so well run. Billy and uh, Marco just absolutely killing it. Uh, great stage design, right? Like very technical. Um, definitely get ready to have your ass handed to you. Um, I think the, the heat also kind of adds to it in a certain way. You know, I think matches that where you're physically, that are physically demanding because the environmental conditions are often some of the more memorable ones. Like Puerto Rico was just pouring for us. And man, we look back on it and I don't know about everyone else, but JJT and I were like, that was one of the funnest matches ever. Like we were like literally in a, in a fucking hurricane and <laughs> shooting with, with water pouring out of your mags. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, stuff like that. I, I feel like make certain matches really memorable. Uh, and then you got, you know, great staff running, running the show. Uh, they usually have a stage that even has um, junior shooters that come and paste for you. So you don't even need to paste on one stage. Um, other than that, yeah, great prizes. Uh, they, they had a really big uh, award ceremony too this year. I, we didn't get to go because we had to leave early, but um, Marco went all out and did it at some uh, hotel conference center. So that looked pretty amazing from the uh, Instagram stories. They had some, it was like some pretty bomb food out there. Oh yeah, and they they were going crazy on their social media. They were they were reposting everything everybody posted, making hyping it up even more. Food looked good, but not as good as the paella. What Puerto Rico? Oh, dude, that's phenomenal. I look at that picture sometimes, and just my mouth waters. <laughs> yeah, or you just got to think of JJ switching shirts all the damn time to get more food. <laughs> dude, that that fucker ate four plates. I literally no joke. He had four plates. But it doesn't look like he gained an he's... ounce. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a he's a fat ass. <laughs> he's got the metabolism for it, so he does. I don't know how he does it. Mm -hmm. The monster. Yeah. So if you could change any state, well, not your performance, but if you could change how some of the stages were laid out, would there be anything? Or did you think they were perfect the way they were? No, I think I think they were perfect. Um they tested a wide range of skills. Um you had, you know, stuff from swingers to even a, a, a target moving down on a track, two targets moving down on a track. Um, stuff that you don't usually get to see. So you get really get to see where your weaknesses are. So no, I, I wouldn't change anything. It's, I think they do a great job over there. So did you take the extra shots on the, the disappearing sliding targets? <laughs> I, uh, I can't even remember at this point. I don't think I did, but... Uh, I had two mics on the left one. Yeah, that was uh, that was rough. That's okay. Everyone has, like I said, everyone got their ass kicked. And didn't you? You shot two day format, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, I think it was like what AM PM or something. But the 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 PM part was a mistake. I think doing AM AM was a much better idea before it got hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess you definitely. Then, would... Sorry, go on. No, you definitely have an advantage when it's shooting when it's a little bit cooler than afternoon peak heat bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Starting at one is not not the way to go. And the guys I shot it all day, man, I feel bad for them. Sorry, Blanton. They must have been smoked. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't sound like fun. A lot of people were shooting that on what one day, and that that didn't sound very fun. Yeah, I think one guy got uh had to they had to bring in an ambulance for one guy for like heat stroke. I heard that. That's that's the unfortunate part. So, so 
I mean, and people are probably, they know they got to drink water or, or stay hydrated and get some electrolytes back into them, but people just keep forgetting. That's yeah. why you got to always have that squad mom who follows the squad around. It's like, are you drinking water? Are you drinking water? <laughs> I think you'll know to drink water at this match, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you'll be dying in one stage if you don't drink water. Yeah, I literally drank like two or three gallons that first day and didn't go to the bathroom once. It was, yeah, exactly. Man, it that's, was insane. That's the good thing. At least you didn't have to use the bathroom because because <clears throat> that's always I think. Well, we since it's like on deck shooter, it's like oh shit, gotta poop. <laughs> <laughs> You always poop when you get to the match. Oh, well, like, yeah, way to go, man. that's the way to go. <laughs> you have to. I, I don't know how many times we've gotten to our first stage or shooters meeting is happening. I'm like, I got all my gear on. Oh, God damn it, I got a shit. <laughs> don't start the briefing without me. And then you run to the bathroom and then you come back. That's the worst. It, it is, especially when you got all, like it's not as bad when you don't have all your shit on, right? But when you got it all on, it's like, well, then you got to go to the safe table, take the gun off. Then take all your belt and crap off and then run. But, um, that's okay. I do have some listener questions. I do want to hit those and then I want to move on to the next topic. But the first question, uh, probably be no surprise who asked this question. And then the question is, why is T so cool? Is that from T? Well, yeah. <laughs> She's okay. Oh, sorry. She's T. okay. <laughs> she said, what? Yeah, exactly. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> then um, one person did ask, what does your leg day consist of? Uh, a lot of squats, power cleans, uh, snatches, a lot of Bulgarian squats lately, uh, a lot of unilateral work uh, to try to work on the surgical hip. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a bit typical uh, strength conditioning stuff. Now, when you I probably, when... sorry. No. no, you go ahead. Uh, I probably do a little bit more like Olympic style lifting from that background that I mentioned than most people. But other than that, it's pretty standard stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, when you go into the gym to work out, do you like one day's leg day, then you might have a rest day and then you go like upper body or do you have a routine or is it kind of what you're feeling that day? Uh, I do like an upper lower split right now. Uh, it's generally what I prefer based on the amount of time I have for uh for going to the gym so usually go to gym maybe four days a week Mm -hmm. uh, and then try to get another day in of uh one or two days of cardio and uh maybe some footwork stuff some agility ladders or some jump rope something like that just to work on uh that like uh quick plantar flexion of the ankle just like uh speed ankle speed i guess or foot speed Mm -hmm. footwork yeah gotcha and um, hopefully you get some form of rest day in there. Oh yeah, plenty, plenty. <laughs> you got to. Well, I mean, especially you can't burn. You can't burn out on this stuff either. It's just kind of like shooting. You got at some point you're gonna have to take a little break. You can't go 100, 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah, yeah. Learn that early on with lifting. Always take your rest days. Take your deload weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Steiner asks, uh, how did uh, Ken handle uh, the range panda's greatness at Dragon's Cup? I watched him miss a three-yard target. But he was probably shooting really fast for at it. <laughs> <laughs> mediocre, mediocre speed at best. Yeah. <laughs> no, Eric's good. Eric's Eric's, yeah. He's been doing really good lately. Um, he's a good trash talker, too. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm still surprised he hasn't made GM an open yet. Yeah, that's Sam Dagger. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll do it soon. I'm sure he'll do it soon. 
yeah. Well, it's kind of hard sometimes when you gotta when you gotta win the match, beating GMs with them for to get a match bump in a GM. I don't know if you. Uh, I believe you can match bump a GM, right? If you uh, you basically have to win the match. Yeah, you, you literally win, have the, to win the match. I you have to win the match, and they the the, the GMs have to be less no less than ninety percent of you. So, yeah, three GMs need to have what ninety percent or higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there needs to be at least fifty in your division, I believe. But yeah. I think the uh, thing that was, people were questioning was like whether or not even given all those requirements, if you would get a match bump. Mm-hmm. And I do know that Chris, Chris Gelnit, he, he match bumped the GM. Yep. So yep. I think it is possible. Um, yep. It's yeah. very possible. Uh, he did that at Virginia state right before nationals, which I feel greatly right. bad right. for him yet. So proud of him, but it's like, that sucks. Like you go to right before nationals. Oh, I'm going to go win master, you know, go win me some bullets or something. And then like, Oh no, you're a GM. <laughs> But he still did well, yeah. so yeah, he's a great shooter. Yeah, I shot Dragon's Cup with him last year, actually, or the first year. Yeah, because yeah, this is year two now. So I'm assuming the Atlas wasn't your first open gun, correct? No, I started on a SDI DVCO, basically the last model that they had before they uh, went away from open guns. Okay, so, um, which actually worked just fine. Yeah. What made what people what, shit what, on them, but. Yeah, everyone does. I mean, there's still STIs, even though STI became staccato and ditched us all. Yeah, I don't blame them. I mean, people were... Money's money, right? A little too much, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they were getting a lot of flack for, like, what, cracked slides and stuff. But, I mean, I never... I put... It's not much. I put 13,000 rounds through it and never had an issue. But, you know, maybe maybe later on it would have. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. it worked fine when I had it. So... So yeah. So, what took what drew you to the Atlas at that time? I've always liked the way they look. You know, they I think they really changed the game with uh, the full length dust cover. It was just a very like minimalist look, very aesthetic. Um, the price point was also at the time uh, very affordable compared to other options, other top builders. So, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of an easy choice at the time. And then uh, now that I know a little bit more about 2011s and what i want in a gun uh infinity is the easy way to go mm-hmm. yeah absolutely they're too sexy they're just too sexy they they and you talk to brandon and man he's just a wealth of knowledge right like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy how much they know about 2011s in that shop and if you ever get a chance to tour the factory it's crazy like the amount of equipment they have the uh it's just everything in there is beautiful man it's like a it's like a Candyland, as Steiner would put it, mm-hmm. or a Disneyland for adults. Yeah. Well, shit. With all the money, he all especially. With, it's funny because Steiner always is like, always in his garage reloading, and he's like, "I'm just gonna sit here and watch all you simps pull your handles." And <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's all decked out with that like seven. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that'd be. I don't know. It was always one of those things to go to. My, I've always wanted to go to an infinity experience. Even before I was even thinking about yeah. 2011s. It's like, it sounds cool. It's, especially you can, you can learn from like Speedy or, you know, what? I, Andrew Hyder. Andrew Hyder's kind of localish to me. So it's kind of, oh, yeah? yeah. Well, he's in Ohio, but he just came up and won our section match a couple weekends ago. So yeah, Andrew's a good dude. 
Yeah, I've, I've never gotten to see him shoot in person. I, I would love to do that. He, he seems like a really good shooter. Um, mm-hmm. He's like top 10, I believe, at Nationals, right? Yep, he's – well, last year I think he came in 11, so he's never finished outside of the Super Squad's placement. He used to be top 10, but now last year – I don't know what was up with last year. But, yeah, uh, Andrew's a good shooter. He uh, – I want to say he put 10% on the field at that match, so – and the the other the other guy who was he was shooting against was a GM. So, like I said, Andrew is definitely that top material. Yeah, that's wild. It's a pretty dominating lead. Yes, exactly. But um, that is true. No, it's, he's didn't. I can't. I can't oh, I did get all the. I guess since through our conversation, I've answered most of these shooter these listener questions. So that's a good thing. But I want to ask you, why did you start a an apparel company? <laughs> Uh, so T and I were, we were looking at, we were looking for like, uh, I guess USPSA, uh, related apparel a while back, a few years ago, two years ago. And, uh, there really just wasn't much out there, you know, nothing that we would actually want to wear in our day-to-day lives. You know, you want to wear something that like, uh, represents your sport, right? Something that we spend so much time and energy into, like you want, you want something, you want to wear something that represents that, but you also don't want it to be like you know, a little too over the top, you know, with guns mm-hmm. when you're walking out in public. Um, so we wanted to do something that was, uh, I guess, a little more subtle and a little more artistic, um, a little bit more like your typical, like, shirt that you would find in a brewery or a coffee shop, um, something like more tattoo art or like moto inspired themes. Mm-hmm. So that's when we uh, came up with Sacred yeah so what what drove the name of saker uh so the snake saker is a, a falcon uh, we wanted a uh an animal that represented speed which is what we do with speed shooting mm-hmm. so saker is one of the fastest horizontally flying birds out there uh, and we love the name it's simple uh, and then speedworks uh was kind of inspired by um these uh endurance racing teams like uh, if you ever watch like uh, lmp or gt racing mm-hmm. um a lot of the teams have like speedworks in their name so kind of inspired from that gotcha and you've got what it seems like what six to seven different designs right now i think we have like eight or nine on the oh. website yeah mm-hmm. yeah hopefully some new ones soon we uh got some stuff in the works that's always good especially like yeah. The, the the base shirt i think what next level apparel like they're the best shirts like they're soft yeah. they're soft and they're sized right they're not too short and they're not too big but they're long enough for everything you need right yeah those are our favorites like going into this we're like okay we're gonna print on next level 6210s like that's like no question about it that's an easy choice we looked into bella canvas as well uh, their stuff is pretty good but it's a little thinner and uh isn't as durable so Next level was like a easy choice for us. Oh yeah, and I wouldn't go back. They're 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 very comfortable. They're soft. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I do like them. I have four shirts. Uh, thank two thanks to Mr. Matt Chua, uh, who's, who graciously got uh, paid for my first two shirts, and then I've gotten two more on my own. And this hat, these hats are pretty new, right? Yeah, yeah. We just put them on the website recently. Uh, yep. Like a dad hat with a little stitching in the front and just a little, uh, little strap it, in the back. It comes pre-curved, so I don't have to do that myself. Yeah. yeah. 
so I didn't have to spend so much work. time shaping them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe we'll do some uh, flap rims in the future, but I personally don't wear a lot of flap rims, so. No, flap rims. I, I mean, the dad hats first. Yeah, my buddy Albert Yao, he likes flat brims, and I'm like, no, bro, I don't like them flat brims. But he's from Chicago, so I mean, it might it might be a Chicago thing. Yeah, Albert's a good guy. Yeah, I like Albert. He needs. I need. I told him he needs to get a on his his next jersey. It's got to be like hashtag giant killer, because Albert's pretty short. I'm not saying he's a midget, <laughs> but he's pretty short. So that's all. God, he's got to be Albert. Don't take offense. I think he's like maybe five two. <laughs> i've yeah. never met him in person yeah, yeah i've yeah. shot with him i think it's been three or two or three times now um i first actually met him last year at our michigan sectional i wasn't able to shoot the match but i came out and took my uh, i took photos of the match because i was like i was already gonna go so i just couldn't shoot because i can't remember what happened but it's like well i've already dictated the time to go take some pictures so i took pictures and we hung out for half the day so that'll be fun I need to go shoot a match up there. Uh, I haven't shot any matches up in the Midwest. Would you count that as Midwest? Yeah, Michigan's in the Midwest, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But shit, come next year. Well, you can come to Area 5 in Michigan. Oh, shit, yeah. That's a good idea. Yep. What get, time of the year is that? Uh, that's going to be the end of July or, or first weekend of August, I think, if I'm okay. right. Well, it's not too bad. It's not comparable to Texas heat, so – it won't be as bad if, as if you were shooting down like in Texas. Yeah, dude, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of excited. I get to meet uh, like Gianni and Steiner, um, like all the big guys. Like Max Michelle is going to be there, Casey. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time for me. Yeah, yeah so uh, that, that's good. Mm-hmm. A lot of heat, that's for sure. Not necessarily in the temperature, but definitely in the shooting. So Yeah, yeah. So you... So blue bonnet, that's a t-shirt, one of your t-shirt names. Is that what what made you pick that name for that shirt? Uh just a little uh a little homage to our uh state. You know, okay. blue bonnet's the uh state flower of Texas. So just wanted to do something that represents where we're from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I told T this, but it's like that shirt should not be white. That shirt should be reversed. It should be a black shirt with white letters. <laughs> I tried it. Um, certain designs, just when you flip it, it uh, it's kind of harder to tell what the design is. Oh, okay. Makes sense. But yeah, I'll I'll go play around with it. But uh, I think I tried it, and it's harder to make out exactly what the uh, flower was or what the grip was when you when you reverse the colors. When you flipped it, yeah. No, yeah, I just, yeah. I think what I told T was, is like, you're out shooting in the shirt. And then of course you go pick up your magazine and then you dust your, you know, your dusty mag off and then you get brown on your white shirt. And then you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the one uh, thing that everyone's been telling me is like, they're worried about ruining their white shirts. So I think in the future, we'll be doing more, more dark designs, more, more black shirts, more, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gray shirts, like the one you got on right now. Yeah, this one's I like this one. I'm I'm excited to wear my only own wear only shoot open shirt. I think that's like a bluish gray, isn't it? It's like a navy, navy bluish gray. Yeah. 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 yeah like I said, it's sitting on a shelf, uh, not being allowed to be touched until <laughs> until I get my open gun. So there's one guy that uh, I remember tagged us on Instagram and he he was wearing that shirt while mm-hmm. shooting periodics. So yeah, it's a little weird, right? Do whatever you want, right? right. Like well, I mean, Steiner wears the PCC shirt. 
<laughs> while shooting open yeah yeah <laughs> same difference right but yeah so i'm excited for more designs to come out because i'll probably order some more so it's weird because yeah. like as i started getting into uspsa i've got more and more gun themed shirts and then all my other shirts kind of just get pushed to the side and it's quite nice yeah yeah i feel you do you want to rep what you uh what you put your energy into right? yeah exactly there's nothing no nothing wrong with gun shirts well well i mean there is when it's just like the stupid gaudy ones or like they don't make sense when they don't make sense to like the like to you as a gun person you're like what the fuck does that mean like you'll see you know you've seen shirts like that not necessarily in the gun industry but they're like they're speaking to a demographic but then the demographic still doesn't get them i think that's that's actually a better way of putting um why we did saker in the first place like the uh most of the gun shirts you see are just really gaudy and really like, I don't know, just really ugly. And mm-hmm. we're just like, we want something that's like, you know, that actually looks good. Something that we would actually wear. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I get I get away with wearing these like all the time. Well, they still got to get washed, but yeah. Besides yeah. I couldn't decide which one to wear today because I was going to wear one for sure. I like the, I like the big, the big bird, the big saker bird on the one I have. So yeah. Right. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I like the King of Hearts. What no, the King? What the hell is it? It's the King of Spades or something. It's a King of Hearts. Yeah. Oh, is it a King of Hearts? Yeah, I like that shirt, but I don't know. I, I have a shirt that's kind of similar to that, but it's it, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. it doesn't give me the fizz. You know what I mean? Sometimes if something's yeah. it's got to speak to you. Yeah, yeah. To each his own. Yeah. Okay, yeah. hey, but that's that's interesting. Yeah. So, what other matches are you looking forward to uh, coming up to round out this year? We got uh, Area 3, Area 8, Area 4, um, Nationals, of course, um, and then a couple small ones, I think, like uh, Gator Classic, North Texas Open, um, probably missing a few, but yeah, those are, those are the main ones. Area, Did you- area 3 and Area 8 will be fun. Yeah, I can imagine that. That'll be a little bit of a flop. You're going to fly, I'm assuming, correct? Yes, yes. I think we're squatted with JJ and KC for eight. And then uh, Area 3, I think Quantic, uh, a couple others, uh, some mm-hmm. of our local people. Yeah. Your Infinities didn't come with a free invite to uh, go shoot the Infinity, uh, the Infinity Open, though? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I wish, right? Right. Oh yeah, we'll be shooting that though. Yeah, we'll be shooting that. Oh, that'll be. That'll fun. be a big one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're not gonna play in the aggregate though. You're just gonna play in the open division, aren't you? Yeah, just open. I have no idea how to shoot iron sights. Yeah. You know? Right. Know exactly. Like those bumpy. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even own a uh, forty caliber gun, so. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do for that. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Are that's... you gonna shoot it? No, 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 no. No infinity open for me. That's for sure. Ah. No. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, those are always sound like some good matches. Um, how, what's your next, when, when's your next major then? I think it's area three. Okay. I don't think we have anything for uh, like two months, which is good. We, we need some, uh, some time to just practice and mm-hmm. know, do that whole phase two training. So. Right. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. nice. Especially you picked, you kind of planned it that way. So. That exactly, is good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, and fuck the heat. You know. Yeah, that too. That, yeah, fuck the heat. Look at this. Look at this sunburn, man. 
Oh, that's not sunburn. That's shooter. <laughs> that's shooter's tan. I got it. But yeah, exactly. Bad. Yeah, I'm still this pasty. Is, this is Oklahoma sectional, man. Oof. Oh man, that is you're almost on JJ level of uh, tan, <laughs> right? I don't think I'll ever be as dark as him. Yeah, he just puts on the the, co- the coconut oil, right? Just starts tanning up. Yeah, every time, every time you see him, just rubbing oil all over himself. Mm-hmm. That is true. Now, um. Oh, that there we go. That's what I was looking for. Um, what is something that would uh, current Ken would like to tell past Ken about shooting? Oh, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say focus more on fundamentals. You know, trigger trigger prep and um, the the drill where you pull the trigger straight to the rear. That grip recoil management, I think, are a lot of fundamental things that I kind of. I worked on very heavily when I first started and then it kind of, uh, for the next year or so, I, I kind of just forgot about it. So now I'm kind of revisiting a lot of those things and trying to focus back on the fundamentals. So mm-hmm. I think the fundamentals are always a, um, an ongoing thing to learn. So I would yeah. say focus on that. Yeah, I could agree. And it's, you hear that from a lot of the top guys. So you're not going to let your fundamentals slack when you're working on more ingrained like like mini stages or whatnot because without the fundamentals it kind of still falls off the wheels and it always has you know you know you're just applying the fundamentals at speed in a course of fire so right and sometimes you have to you know step away from it a little bit to you know spend more time on say movement or stage planning or whatever but yeah eventually you're gonna have to come back to it always oh absolutely yeah that's for sure so who have been some of your biggest supporters in, uh, or mentors in this endeavor? Uh, mentors, uh, mostly JJ has been a big help. Um, really just talking to, you know, a lot of friends, uh, locally, um, you learn a lot from local GMs, local masters. Um, T's been a big help. She's, uh, definitely been a big part of my growth in the sport. So yeah, yeah just everyone that, is a community in this community, I think is just super helpful and you'll, you'll learn from everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Even when you're GM, you'll learn from people that are a class or master class. Right. Yeah. Cause you, not everyone does it the exact same way. So if you can learn from how they did something or why they did find out the whys of why they might've taken this target order and then doing whatever they did to leave the position, you know, might be able to increase your game. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming near the end of the show. We're not done yet, but we're almost there. Um, what are things that people can either start doing or stop doing to get better? What can people do? Let's see. Stop doing. Okay. So um, I think this kind of answers both together at the same time. Um, I think quality practice in dry fire and, you know, everyone says dry fire, right? But I think like really focused practice is something that's very important. And what I mean by that is not just practicing for say 30 minutes or whatever, but even if you do five minutes, 10 minutes and do it more focused and with a specific goal in mind, with a specific focus that I think creates better neuro pathways, um, ingrains more neuro pathways better than if you were to just dig around for 30 minutes. So I, I think don't, in the sense of don't stick around, don't, don't do, don't, you know, just hold the gun just for the sake of doing that, but actually have focus practice. And that's, 
that's crucial. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I could definitely agree with that. I have caught myself dry firing and it's just like I'm more playing with my phone than actually doing this. So yeah. <laughs> might as well right. either take the gun off or just put the phone away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Now, Ken, do you have any sponsors at this moment? I don't know. No, I haven't really uh, reached out to anyone, but uh, uh, maybe in the near future. Yeah. So we can just think of Visa or MasterCard for uh, or Discover for uh, for all your enhancements. Yeah. yeah, I once saw a guy uh, when I first started up in the Northwest. There was a guy. He uh, his jersey said "Sponsored by Wife." Oh. <laughs> yeah. that's pretty funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is funny. That's almost like every time I hear Cotter talk, I'm just like, he always is like, "That's your wife's money." So I always make fun <laughs> of him for it. Yeah. He's a good sport because he keeps taking it. So. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So Ken, where can they find you on the internet? Um, Instagram is Ken Yang Shooting. And if you want to check out Saker stuff, we're sakerspeedworks.com. That yep, that is true. Um, that is for sure. Go buy some merch from Ken. Uh, he needs to pay off that open gun at some somehow or buy the next exactly. one. <laughs> <laughs> sure it helps. I need three more. Yep, you need you always need more, that's for sure. But I want to thank you for coming on, Ken. This has actually been real fun. So thank you for spending your evening with me. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And to the guests and listeners, thank you for checking out Manny Talk Shooting. Thank you for listening to another episode. Until next time, guys, get out and do things, and I'll see you on the next one.